Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado... So nice to see you, Paul. I have to say right off the bat, Geiger is one of the best last names because I think of the violin, not the Geiger counter. Uh, But curious as to your origins there. My grandfather came over from Germany back in the 1870s. And yes, I guess someone in his family was a musician and had the occupation of being a fiddler. And my father always made it a point of telling me that in German, our last name means fiddler. So love that. I am a musician. So maybe it went, you know, it took that long to finally catch up. But who's to say? It was destined. Yeah, that's my, my middle name is Samuel, which is, you know, the most musical of the, I guess, Old Testament names. So mm-hmm. I was also destined a little bit. So really nice to chat with you. Um, Obviously, your reputation precedes you in a lot of ways. I'd love to hear you describe kind of in your own words, the highlights. Uh, Who are you? What what have you done? (laughs) Well, I am a public speaking coach and presentation expert just outside New York City. Actually, I did most of my work in New York City, but that's been uh, that's been derailed slightly in the last year and a half. So everything that I do now is online. But what I did do and what I do do and what I plan on doing is working with people to overcome any nervousness they have about presenting and also to increase their clarity so that they're able to get a message across with impact. Because I always explain to everyone, if you're not comfortable and you're not clear, you're not going to feel or be perceived as being authentic. And that's step number one to allowing people to be in a a place to trust you. Ultimately, at that point, then you potentially could persuade them. And that's really the result that most business people are looking for. Not coerce, but persuade. So this whole area that you work in, um, speech presentation, what brought you to wanting to be? helping people with this because it's interesting. Well, I've all my life, I've always taken to the spotlight fairly easily. I've had my bumps in the road where if I, I've experienced the things that people tell me about and therefore I understand them. But I realized in my many different roles and the many different careers that I've had. I alluded to a musician and a voiceover artist and a product representative for large conventions, both nationally and internationally, and doing on-camera work and doing all of that. I realized that there was a need in business to learn some of the skills that nobody really ever told me or taught me. And I always thought that 
Yes, if you gravitate toward performing arts, then you will probably learn some of these things, but not in a way that makes it clear that it's very applicable to business. I always like to say that all business communication scenarios are a form of public speaking. And so I came to that enlightened place uh, a little over 12 years ago, and I decided that I would start working with people. And what happened was they came to me with various challenges and told me about the things that they were experts at and wanted to communicate that. So I realized that working with them, there was never really a dull moment. I learned things about pharmaceuticals, doctors, finance, you name it. It was all different, you know, digital transformation, trying to get that message across. I'm not saying that I I'm an expert in any of those areas, but I was able to really learn about so many different facets of business just by talking to these people and helping them get their message across. So what was unique about you that brought these people to you? Why did they say, I need to talk with Paul? Well, I think initially if you come across with authenticity and you do speak with comfort and clarity and confidence, then you're a shining example of what it is that they would like to accomplish. People, everybody has their moments where they have a great presentation or they have a, a great networking event where everything that comes out of their mouth just lands and they make connections and whatnot. But I think the frustrating part is the lack of, of being consistent. So I try to instill techniques and a methodology that allows people to be much more consistent, working with templates and a change of mindset. And it's, it's really applicable to almost any business vertical. So I, I think that they, they like my curiosity. They like my enthusiasm. The fact that I uh, don't tell them everything that needs to be fixed and there's nothing there that can be saved. I always say, you know, there's everybody has a foundation that they can build on. It's just a matter of slight adjustments and slight tweaks. And so I guess people like that. And that's the reason just word gets out. I help them discover things about themselves that I believe that they, they were able to, that they did have within their possession. They just didn't, didn't know how to access it. So I help them do that. And it can be, for a lot of people, it can be life-changing. For a lot of people, it can be career-changing. So I'm curious to dive in a little deeper on the, the, the communications and the authenticity. Mm -hmm. What I find fascinating about just in speaking to you for the first few minutes is your voice is sort of smooth like butter. If I close my eyes, I feel incredibly comforted. What I'm wondering is... If I were to sit down with you for a cup of coffee, asking you for advice, right? what different Paul would I get there? Well, I, I'm kind of consistent. I really am. I like to, I don't like to project that I, I know it all. I like to project that I have curiosity. And as I'm famous for telling everyone, I learn something in the, mor in the morning of that day and then I teach it to another client later in the afternoon. So I have these epiphanies myself. If I'm, gonna, if I'm really going to give advice to anyone, I, I handle it in the same way, which is everybody goes through this. Everybody's either 
dealing with the fear, and that means nervousness or discomfort, or mm, they need to be more clear. And, right. and it's a journey that we're all on. So, so it, feels, it feels to me like I think what's powerful about, I, I could imagine absolutely hiring you as a, a mentor or coach if I was looking for refinement. So I'm curious if, if you, because, uh, you know, I, I heard tapes of my folks uh, speaking in the 60s and they speak differently than they speak now. And there's a refinement to it, a beauty to the to the way they were speaking. They were in, you know, Boston Common and wherever else they, they mm-hmm. hobnobbed around. And now we talk very flat, affect, very haphazard, very TikTok, uh, especially the young people coming up. So I'm curious as this this conflict between the refinement and the TikTokiness and what authenticity means. Well, you really have to take into account what people's listening behaviors are. And that really has been a, a point of focus for me over the last especially over the last five or six years, for a very long time, I was perfecting methodology for the speaker without really honing in on the way that people listen. And some people could say, well, that's just the way I talk. First of all, I think that every generation, when you're younger, you speak much too quickly because you're excited, you are excitable, and you feel like you have something to prove. So I think slowing down and speaking at more of a measured pace is definitely would go into the category of best practices, but not because you just think it, it makes you sound like you're more authoritative. What makes you sound more authentic is giving your listener enough space to be able to process what it is that you're saying. If you speak too quickly, you will overwhelm them, no matter how, how much of an expert you are. And if you're not clear, about the message you want to get across, then you're not really leveraging listening behaviors. And it doesn't matter who the person is, whether they are someone who you really want to impress or whether there's someone who is really impressed with you. If you're not clear about the message that you're trying to convey to them, they won't be connecting with you. And I just find that speaking too quickly just doesn't give a listener enough time to process. So maybe that's what what you're hearing is just our sped up lives these days and things happening so quickly. Maybe we're just allowing our rate of speech to follow that pattern. So we do live in a world of three second or five second sound bites. Adjusting to a slower speed is quite difficult from both a listening and an active point of view. So You've built a business around around speech, around presentation skills, around delivering messages clearly. With COVID, I'm assuming that that business dropped off a little bit and it's now starting to pick up again. Mm -hmm. How much emphasis do you plan going forward in putting, how much emphasis do you plan on putting on your reputation to drive your business forward in the future? It is all on my my reputation. So what I what I do is I just try to put out as much content about what it is that I know is possible so that people see that there is a, a value. I'm sharing everything that I know all the time. Right. Because in this business, it's it's not a one and done. It's a you have to, it's like going to the gym. You're not gonna see the results unless you you work at it for a while. 
So it really helps. You, you can learn just by absorbing and processing the information that's out there, but it's good to have someone with eyes and ears on the outside because you know what it feels like to you as a speaker, but you don't always know what it feels like to the listener or to the viewer. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I love, so really masterful the way you talk about things and, and beautiful. I love tea kettle. I love, <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love the, um, the idea of space, even that. So the thing I felt was lacking that might actually really help you with folks under, I don't know, 40, 50, 40, 45 ish that the millennial folks who need you, but they might not be reaching out to you, mm-hmm. um, is this concept of it's the refinement is what they need, but it's not what they're looking for. It's not what they want. And so what I, what I wonder is the, the what they want is not what you know or what you've done, but is actually they're putting a finger on this this there's a smoothness about you that almost stepping into that and being like, this is who I am. Like, if you sit down with me, this is what you get. You might think I'm all like refined and you got cool eyebrows, by the way, but like, you you know, you may, people might think like, Oh no, you're putting that on or you're doing this thing. No, no, this is me. And, and oh, yeah. if you use a little of this, guess what? You can be like this too and up level your life and business. I think there's a, um, a softness to your brand story that could be really useful in reaching those younger folks just to experiment with would be interesting to tell your story in that way. Right. Right. Well, I mean, so much of, of what we do is born out of an individual's frustration or a company's frustration with the way that they're getting their message across. And I always say, going back to what I said before, you're either dealing with the fear or you're trying to be more clear. And what happens is, Nobody's immune to the forces that are at work when you're public speaking, when you're in the spotlight. You do feel the energy of attention. You do feel a sense of judgment. You do experience a fear of consequences at all different levels. And and all those three forces hit you all at once. Anybody who seems like they're immune to it has simply learned to habituate with it. They're not immune. Nobody is born ignorant or blind to these forces because they're always there. They're like the weather. So I tell anyone, if any of, if that situation causes you not to come across in an authentic way, in a way that people think that you're really speaking your truth and therefore they can follow you, you're not going to reach a place of, of being able to persuade people. And I just say, you know, the hard results, all business is about persuasion of some sort. And you want to come across, yes, you want to be loved, but you want to be trusted even more than loved. I don't know if there's a difference between the two, but if if the way that you speak doesn't instill that sense of trust, for whatever reason, speaking too quickly, speaking with too much of a monotone, too much of an unvaried intonation, or just being really nervous and uncomfortable, you're not going to achieve your results. So I was watching one of my favorite movies or one of my kids favorite movies was 101 Dalmatians which I never really understood the characters um, and then on Friday night I went and saw Cruella the, the new Disney backstory mm-hmm. 
And for the first time, I've understood who Cruella de Vil actually is and why she is the way she is. That's a beautiful piece of Disney-style storytelling. But the reason I'm bringing that up is that if we want to understand who somebody is today, we really need to know what brought them to that point. We really need to know the backstory, right. or otherwise we're just making assumptions about whether we even like them or not. And interestingly enough, Cruella, which is a pretty dark type of backstory, has she is a very likable character, and now you're rooting for her, even though she's the, the evil one. Um, because she was less evil than the other people around her in the backstory. So very, very interesting. Well, Randy, you you bring up a really interesting point, and that is storytelling, Mm -hmm. the importance of storytelling. And that is probably my favorite aspect of what it is that I do, which is helping an individual discover the stories that define them. Mm-hmm. And being and giving them the tools that they need and the, and the self-validation that they need to be able to tell those stories, because that is what is going to really project your authenticity. It's not just it's, your physical and mental technique. It's your willingness to share. Like mm-hmm. you said, the willingness, you know, we get a glimpse into something that probably most people maybe wouldn't be willing to talk about, but yet it opens up a whole different mm-hmm. door. And that can it can be true for individuals when they're talking about or when we discover these stories that mean so much to them and do really shine a light on them in such a positive way. I call it, you know, discovering the gold because this is what is going to motivate people to believe you're being authentic. And people remember stories. They don't remember facts. So yes. um, story is important. I think coming back full circle here, we're running running out of time. We do nice, crunchy little interviews. Nice. Um, thinking about Geiger and what I see as violin, and you said was fiddler, that you learned your dad said fiddler. Yeah. And the difference, the difference between a fiddler and a violinist there's, there's no difference, except there is. There's a world of difference. Sure. And the fiddler can play wrong notes and kind of improvise their way forward, mm-hmm. whereas the violinist is refined and perfect. And it's like those two different um, vocal styles in a way, jazz and classical. Sure. How do you see, kind of as just a closing up question, how do you see us moving forward in a world with kind of both of those things, both improvisation and classical? Well... I think it's a wonderful thing. And, and again, you, you'll have to forgive me, Kent, for always seeing everything through the lens of a public speaker. But that's the way I see the world. We all have our, our view. So what I always say to everyone is you, you bring up the classical and you bring up the jazz. And the jazz is very improvised, whereas the classical is very practiced. I love to prepare. I love to prepare and I love to practice, but I always tell everyone, and it is the truth, I like to be prepared to be spontaneous. So if you do the right preparation and utilize the right technique, then going into a situation gives you the freedom to really improvise. So I don't think you shouldn't practice and I don't think you shouldn't be prepared. You don't need to just go on your wits, which 
could get you through most situations, but occasionally you run into a situation where you've got to call upon a little bit of technique because it's not going to just follow the script. It's not going to just follow the music that's on the page. There will be moments where you need to have the technique and have the security and be able to play that beautifully, but you also have to be able to handle the unexpected. Well, it's unexpected to have to stop right now, so (laughs) we've kind of run out of time. So, Paul, thank you so much. Oh. Getting an insight from that speaking world. Where can people find you? Where can they? um... Oh, I'm I'm all over social media, my website, paulgeiger.com. And uh, I'm the president and founder of a company called Public Speaking Advantage. And publicspeakingadvantage.com is the website for that. So anyone who who's interested, who wants to reach out, connect, message me, I'm on all the platforms. You'll find me. Very good. Thanks so much. Really fun to talk to you. This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising, it was intriguing, it was interesting, and this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast, and we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com, and at the top you'll see a little button that says take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right, take care, have a good life, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.